Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Church of the Lakes Online. I am so glad you're with us. I'm Pastor Mike. I'm the lead pastor here at Church of the Lakes. And if you've not been with us before, let me say welcome. We're so glad to have you with us. And I do want to reemphasize, I know they just told you a little bit about the e-guide here, but there's a place for first-time guests. You can let us know it's your first time with us. We would love to have you do that. There's also events on here, small groups. Small groups have just started, so you might want to look at those and get plugged in. Sermon notes, whole whole bunch of things that are on there uh, for you. Um, and, and one of the events I want to tell you guys about that, that you might uh, look forward to is on November 7th. Uh, we are doing a Veterans Day celebration. We're going to celebrate our veterans. And any veteran is in, is invited. You don't have to be a, a member or a part of Church of the Lakes. But we've got a special day planned that day. The uh, Leesburg High School ROTC is going to join us. And uh, we're going to do a little special presentation. So if you're a veteran or you know a veteran and you would like to invite them to join us live November 7th at Leesburg High School, 10 a.m. for our live service we would love to have you there. Okay, well, hey, I'm going to jump right in. Got quite a bit of notes today that I want to try and cover. We are in week two of a series that we've called Tough as Nails, and we're studying the book of Daniel. Now, the reason that I felt it was so critical for us to study the book of Daniel is because I think it relates so much to what we're seeing in our world today. I think you would agree with me that our um, our culture is shifting. And when I say it's shifting, what I mean is that it's shifting, honestly, away from a Christian or biblical foundation and really is becoming anti-Christian. It's really becoming anti-God and we're seeing things shift in a very ungodly way. Well, how do you deal with that? How do we as followers of Christ, how do we live in a culture when it shifts, how do we do that? Well, Daniel did exactly that. So uh, we're, we're studying the book because I think there's so much that we can get out of it to understand how we might live uh, in in what are crazy times. So Daniel, well, it's it's a a prophetic book. It's in the in the books of, of prophetic books. Uh, said last week, but in case you weren't watching, the Bible is, is a little bit confusing because it's not arranged chronologically. Right? They're, they're actually arranged in sections. So there's historical books all together, and there's poetic books all together, and then there's prophetic books that are all together. Major prophets and minor prophets. Only difference was they were longer, not that they were any better. Uh, but Daniel just happens to be one of the major prophets, right? And so, catching you up on the story, the Israelite people, uh, these are God's people, they've been taken into what is called Exile. So what's happened is, is that they have rebelled against God, then gone back to God and said, please, please fix it. He's fixed it. They rebelled against God. They went back to God and said, please fix it. And they fixed it. And they did this over and over and over and over again. And God finally said, you know what? You're not learning anything. And just like any great parent, quite honestly, it's good parenting. Sometimes you need to allow people to experience natural consequences for them to turn from making unhealthy decisions. So he does that. He says, you know what? I'm going to take my hand of blessing away. I'm going to let the Babylonian people, uh, and Babylon, just to give you a little reference, that would be modern day Iraq is where Babylon was. I'm going to let the Babylonian people come 
and beat you up and tear up your cities and then take your people into slavery, into exile. So the Israelite people, and Daniel is one of these these people, have been taken to Babylon and they are living there in a completely foreign culture that is a completely ungodly culture culture that, that, that doesn't uh, believe anything like the way that they do or the same morality or anything else. And like I said, I think we're living in a time when the foundation of our country, quite honestly, is eroding. Uh, this country was founded on biblical principles, uh, but many of our beliefs are being called old or outdated, right, or being overturned by what is called progress. So what I want to submit to you today is this concept. This is the title of the message today, and I will give it to you right up front. It's a worship issue. It's a worship issue. So let's look at two stories to start today. In the book of Daniel, two stories that are actually separated by 23 years. One is in Daniel chapter 3, and the other one is in Daniel chapter 6. Let's jump right in. Daniel chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. So this is the king of Babylon at the time. This is the guy who actually went, beat him up, took him off into exile. So he's the guy. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high, 9 feet wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. By the way, it was an image of himself. (laughs) So he puts up this big statue of him. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assemble for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, catch these words, this is what you are commanded to do. I want you to catch that this part of this story, that what they're going to command you to do is actually worship something different than your God. They're going to have you worship something different, right? But it's, it's fear-based, okay? It, 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 it's completely fear-based. You're commanded. Oh, people, nations, and men of every language, as soon as you hear the sound of the Horn, fruit, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music. You must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So this is the fiery furnace story that many of you have kind of heard before. But I really want you to catch a couple things. Um, and, and, and we're going to leave this story just for a few minutes. But that the motivation of their worship is fear. The motivation for our worship towards God is love or should be love. Whenever our motivation is fear, that's religion and not relationship, right? We worship God because we love him. So this first story, um, you must worship this God, right? It's it's a separate. The second story that we're going to look at in Daniel 6 has a twist to it. Let's let's jump right into it. Daniel 6, 5 through 9. Finally, these men said, now let me stop because remember I said 23 years separate. So we're talking 23 years later. What's happened? Well, we no longer have a King Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. We now have a King Darius. King Darius is part of the Medes and the Persians. If you wanted to take a map right now and look at Iraq and then go to the east of, of Iraq, the Medes and the Persians were kind of in that area. Well, the Medes and the Persians come in and take over Babylon. So now there's a new king. But Daniel and and all of them are still in exile, and Daniel is still there. 
And Daniel is still a leader. And unlike Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar was just a jerk. He liked Daniel because of what Daniel could do for him. Darius, this king, actually likes Daniel. Actually, like, thinks it's pretty cool the way he worships his God and, and how faithful he is, right? But there were some other men that were jealous that were in the leadership as well. Here they go. Finally, these men, those men, we will, um, they say, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God, excuse me, of his God. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors, they've cut that list down a little bit, did you notice that? Um, have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it can be altered, cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. So with the Medes and Persians, even if you're the king, if you put something in writing, you cannot negate it. Like once you put it in writing, that's part of the law, right? Now, there are attacks, I want you to catch this, in both of these stories over worship. Right? Remember, remember I said it's a worship issue? The whole story is a battle over worship. As a matter of fact, our whole story, I don't know if you realize this, it's a battle over worship. From the beginning of time to the end of time, from Genesis to Revelation, when you look through the plot, if you want to get, like really, you know, get the cliff note version of what's going on in God's big story, it's a worship issue. It's all about worship, okay? The the first story, um, they say you must worship a different God. In the second story, you have to stop worshiping your God, right? This is, listen to me, this is the major plot of our whole life story within the story of God. Matter of fact, it was the same plot in the Garden of Eden. If you look back in Ezekiel 28... There's a, there's a crazy story about Satan himself, about the devil. And it says that, that he, Lucifer was his name then, and he was an angel. And he was a worship leader in heaven, but he got a little big-headed, right? And when he got big-headed and said, I want to be worshipped, and I want to be important and all this, well, God cast him to the earth. Isaiah 14 tells us that it was a worship issue. It says that he says words like this, I will ascend, and I will be important, and I will... See, it's a worship issue. We went from the worship of God to the worship of self. And so Satan gets cast to earth. Many scholars actually believe uh, that it happens between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. If you read those, it says this. It says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Pause. Verse 2 says... And it was formless and void. So many scholars believe that Satan was actually cast to earth after everything was made and that now it's formless and void. Why? Well, because Satan is there, because evil has entered the picture. So now what is he going to do? Well, now he's going to make us let there be light and let me start to bring some shape. And now he's going to bring us into the picture. Why does Satan hate you so much? I don't know if you've ever thought about it. You ever pondered that question? Why does he hate you so much? You know why? Because he knows you're basically the person replacing him. Do you know what your role in this whole plot is? 
to worship God. Our, our, whole jo- our whole role is to bring glory to him in what we do and what we say and how we live. It's a worship thing. So he hates us because you were created to worship in the place of the one who worshiped before and rebelled. Right. Which is why he wants so badly to knock you off course and back to our story. What are his two tactics? What are we seeing are the schemes? One is that he would take you away from the worshiping of your of your God or or, or to worshiping something else. And the other being that you would he would just stop you worshiping or looking at it in that way. Listen, Romans 12 and one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, a few of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. How about Psalm 150? Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. This is why you were created. Praise Him in the mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounds of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with strings and pipes. I don't hear really very quiet worship, do you? I hear really noisy stuff, especially this part. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Catch this. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. That's why you were created, right? So Satan wanted Adam and Eve to be distracted from God and stop worshiping God. It's the same story for Daniel and the boys, right? Same story that we're seeing. As a matter of fact, let me say this to you. It's the same story at the end of the story. If you go to the end of the story, you see the exact same thing. It's a worship issue. It's a worship issue over and over. The story is a worship issue. Look at 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 4. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness. What is that? Well, some of you may have heard the term the Antichrist. The Antichrist is someone who comes in the end and tries to set himself up uh, against God. Let's read it. The man of lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed to destruction. Ch- check this. He will oppose and he will exalt himself. Wait, wait. What were the tactics of these two stories? He will oppose the worship of, in other words, to get you to worship something else or exalt himself because I want you to stop worshiping your God. It's a worship issue. From the beginning of time, to Daniel and the boys, to you and I, to Revelation. It's a worship issue. Let me show you Revelation while we're talking about 13, verse 14. Because of the signs he was given powers to do on behalf of the first beast, this is the Antichrist in the end, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. He ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast. Does that sound familiar? Uh, who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image. Now, this is not Daniel. This is the end. This is Revelation. It's a whole different story. But do you hear the tactic and the scheme of the enemy? It's a worship issue, right? It says he also forced, look at that word, forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that they could buy, sell, um, unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of the name, which we know is 666. I get a, I have a twisted sense of humor. So I got this forehead thing. I'm picturing people going through Walmart, like, you know, kind of anyway, but, but the point and what I want you to hear in this is, is that it's a worship thing. 
The whole story, it's a worship thing. The, the story is the same for you and me. It's a worship issue. Satan has an agenda in your story, right? And that agenda is, it's a battle over worship. It's a battle over worship. So he's got two tactics, right? We've already seen them, but let's, let's really define them now. Number one, he wants to direct your worship to anything else. Right? He, he would love to direct your worship to anything else. Get you distracted that you might focus on anything else. Now let's finish the boy's story in Daniel 3. So let's go back to our story now and continue on. This is the one where they're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Right? This is the three guys. This is not Daniel. This is the three guys. We know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that. And, and here's the response. Here's the rest of the story. Daniel 3 and 16. Shadrach... Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. <laughs> it's kind of bold, right? If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us. That's phenomenal. That's faith. That's we, you and I, I believe we are going to be faced with the challenge of standing up for what we believe in like never before because of the way that our nation is turning. We're going to be set on a place where we're going to have to make a decision and draw a line and recognize that in that moment the scheme of the enemy is to direct your worship to anything else except for God. And we're going to have to take that stand. Check their words out. I love these words, right? He will rescue us from your hand, O King. But even if he does not... We won't, uh, we won't, uh, want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up for us. Right? We've got to recognize that as we live in a culture that more and more goes against God, what is the, what is the goal? The goal is just to redirect your worship to anything else. To, to, to anything else that I might give my time and my talent and my treasure to and maybe too much of my particular heart. What was the second one? Well, the second one was to just stop the worship of God, right? To stop the worship of God. So now let's look at Daniel's story and the continuation of it in Daniel 6 and 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room. Remember, it was a decree. You can only bow down to Darius. You can't bow down to anything else. Look at Daniel. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went in as a group and found Daniel praying and asked God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about the royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man except you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? And the king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Now, it turns out Darius really liked Daniel. So when he found out, that it was Daniel, man, he was he was upset. And he stayed up all night long. The story says you should go read it yourself. It's a great story. Stays up all night long, worried about Daniel. And then first thing in the morning, he runs to the thing, right? And he's like, 
He's like, Daniel, Daniel, did your God save you? Are you okay? What are you doing in there? And he's like, oh, just playing with the kitties, you know, kind of a deal. And he's like, Daniel, come out. And he comes out and then he sends the other guys in. As soon as he sends those guys in, they're like, ah, breakfast. And the, the, you know, they finish them off. Um, but, but, but the point being is, are, are you and I recognizing it's a worship thing? It's, it's a worship issue. It's where we put our faith. It's where we put our trust. And so here's what I want to end with today. How about a little worship checkup? How about you and I? Let's do a little heart thing. And, and, and I'm going to ask you, you're going to have to be like really, really honest with yourself. Cause we lie to ourselves really, really well. Right? We, we tell ourselves, we come up with great Sunday school answers. I made this comment last week where I said, are you an American first or are you a Jesus follower first? And everybody goes, oh, I'm a Jesus follower. But here's the question, which one did you talk more about yesterday? And as soon as I asked that question, a whole bunch of people I talked to were like, uh, 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 well, you know, kind of, so listen to me, don't give me Sunday school answers and don't lie to yourself. As we walk through, what am I worshiping? And I'm going to help you define that a little bit. Let's use Mark. 1230 to help us with this. This verse says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So let's use this verse and do just a little bit of kind of a worship checkup. Let's put heart and soul together and we're going to call that your affections. Your affections. And and, and so the question I'm going to have you ask yourself is this. What do you love the most? What do you love the most? And then I didn't put the question up here for you, but I thought of another question as I was processing this. Here's the question. What would you sacrifice for? Right? What, what would you give up? You know, because we all have things that we're like, ah, I don't have time for that. Well, that's not true. You'll make time for whatever is in your heart and soul, right? Whatever you have a face. So what is that? What would you sacrifice? What are your affections? What do you love most? And that's a worship checkup, right? The next it says, <clears throat> excuse me, your mind. Your mind, well, that's your attention, right? That's what you focus on. So here's the question I would ask you. What are you thinking about? If you, if you stop and you kind of process your day. What is it that you're thinking about the majority of the time? What What is it that, that you find yourself fixated on, you know, or going back to or processing? Um, because because here's what I would say to you. God really wants your affection. And God really wants your attention. And the third one is this, your strength or your abilities, your abilities, so I would ask this question to you. What do you do the most? Right? What do you, what do you do the most? How do you actually spend your time? How do you spend your day? If you have some downtime, what's your go-to? And what I would say is when you answer those questions, I think we can start to be honest with ourselves about what we do worship and what we don't worship. And what we choose to worship and not to worship. And I want to challenge you because I think that a time is coming in our culture where we're going to have to stand on what, for what we believe. The, 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 we're, the, there's going to be a separation. 
You know, you go back about 10 years and 74% of the United States said they were Christian, which just kind of meant, yeah, I believe there's God. And quite honestly, within our culture, you could live that way because it was a pretty much Christian foundation and there wasn't a lot of challenge in it. But when it comes down to a culture that starts to say, no, you're going to have to not be able to have this job because we're mandating some type of health care that you believe religiously is, is not what God would have you do. And you've got to make that decision. We've got to be able to answer these questions. We're, we're going to have to be able to stand up in that. Every one of us is a worshiper. We, we were created that way. We were created to, we love things. We have an affinity towards things. We're attracted to things. We give things our time and, and, and our attention. The question is just, what are you worshiping? What is it that you spend and that you give your affection, your attention, and your abilities to? Because in these stories and what we see in the book of Daniel is Daniel loved his God more than he loved comfort. That was his affections. Where did he give his attention? Well, three times a day he went to his room to pray to focus. Right, And I really believed he would pray just for the next few hours. God, what is it that you want me to do today? And then he would do it. That's his abilities. right? That he would put these things into motion. Let me close out today's teaching with, with two verses. And I really want to challenge you to, to be honest with yourself on this worship thing. And are there, are there some things that I give more of my affection, my attention, my abilities to than I do to God? Second Chronicle, Second Chronicle 16 and 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. In other words, our God is looking to strengthen you. Sure, it's hard. Sure, it's hard to be the only one that stands up and says, no, I won't do this. No, I won't go see that movie. No, I won't do this and be called the goody goody and all those things. But because you believe it's an act of worship to God to say no to those things of the world, he will strengthen you. He's looking all over for those who are fully committed to him. And then John 4 and 23. A time is coming and has now come. I just think, wow, the timing right now for us. The time has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That we hold on to truth. There is right and there is wrong. There is black and there is white uh, when it comes to things. On the other hand, there is grace and, and, and the spirit of God that we represent both in that scenario. Why is it that, that yesterday we can lose our mind over our favorite football team and then stand in on Sunday morning kind of straight-faced and, and, and all? That's worship. It's a worship issue. It was a worship issue at the beginning of time. It's going to be a worship issue at the end of time. It was a worship issue for Daniel and the boys, and it is a worship issue for you and I. Who or what do you worship? Because there's a God in heaven who desires so badly your affection, who, who desires your love and trust and faith in him. There's a God in heaven who desires your attention, that you would give time to read his word, to talk to him, to spend time with his people, and then use your abilities. We say at Church of the Lakes to make a difference, 
right? That once you discover purpose, you begin to make a difference. It's all a worship issue. Would you ask the Holy Spirit? I'm going to pray for you. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring some conviction. What is it that he would say to you? What is it that that he would say, you know what? Maybe this is an area we can work on shifting your worship a little more towards the one who deserves our worship. Let me pray for you. God, I feel a little conviction myself, the way I spend time, uh, the way I give my attention or my affection. And so would you, Holy Spirit, help us to be very honest with ourselves about where we could do a better job giving you our fully committed heart, our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then God, give us courage to do that. Give us courage as we come across moments that we may have to make a hard decision and stand up for truth or stand up for right. That we would have the courage to recognize it's a worship issue and stand in our faith and our trust and understanding of who you are. God, we thank you, we praise you, we give you honor and glory for your word is spoken to us today. We just, we thank you, Jesus. We pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Man, I can't wait to see you next week as we continue on in the book of Daniel, Tough as Nails. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.